Hey, y'all, it's Trent on the loose, and we are going to conclude this week with a Friday the 13th. Are you spooked yet? Valentine or Valentine's Day. Halloween is the farthest thing from Valentine's Day you can possibly find, I believe, but I do uh, enjoy pumpkin pie. That's not random. It's my birthday week, and it's pumpkin pie month. The history of pumpkin pie is pretty interesting, actually. If you go look at how the Brits thought that they were better than the North American Indians, and they were eating fruit pies that had a covering on top, peach, cherry, and apple, and that has absolutely nothing to do with the topic at hand, except it has everything to do with it. The Brits came in here, and basically a group of rebels from within the British population decided that we need to stop taxation without representation. They decided that we need to stop steamrolling over the individuals that make this country what it was in the colony days. And, and the, the colonists, they, they said, we are not going to continue to allow this to happen. What's different in today's world? Today's world, we have Washington, D.C., continuing to steamroll over the will of the people, continuing to charge more and build a bigger and bigger government, charging more and more of a tax, continuing to print money, continuing to just be a runaway, quite frankly, at a fraction of what the king was doing in 1775. So what is the answer? The answer is everybody eat pumpkin pie. And pumpkin pie is everyday people food. And that's why the Brits didn't like it. They got too uppity. They were too important to eat everyday people food. The everyday people food happens at the local level. And this is the only time in my life I've ever tried to use the consumption of pumpkin pie to explain the importance of county government. But there's a real relevance here. I'm more committed than ever to find the path to network county governments to one another, not to, to, to create some atrocity that's a monster bigger than what we already have, but to share information and work with one another networking and find those officials at the county government level that get it. Today, he gets it. Ross Butcher, friend of mine from Fergus County, Montana. He's standing by to talk about the role of the federal government in every aspect of our life today. We're back with more with The Butcher after this. A passion to farm. Well, it's always something I wanted to do. A passion to serve. Being in the military was another thing that I wanted to do. Some things are just in your blood. It's what makes our country great. And it's those principles that NDFB stands for. People are making decisions for you whether you like it or not, so you might as well make your voice heard. Freedom. Opportunity. Self-reliance. NDFB. At the Set Motors, we understand how difficult it can be finding your next new vehicle. You don't have to worry about paying premiums or market adjustments, as we are focused on building loyal long-term customers. Let us help you ease the purchase experience by walking you through the order process. Configure your next new vehicle your way with price protection. Need financing? We also work with several banks to get you the best rate available. At the Set Motors, we value your business. Let us show you how. 
Folks, when it comes to crop protection, you need equipment and technology you can count on. The Apache Sprayer accomplishes all of that. But you need something else. A service counter and a group of people that'll help you when you need it. Simpson Farm Enterprises at SimpsonFarm.com and High Plains Apache from Mandan. They have the service. They have the equipment. All they need is your confidence. Online, SimpsonFarm.com or HighPlainsApache.com. Ace Food Trailers of Dickinson is a family-owned dealer with expert staff that know their products front to back. We stock over 150 units of all types and can custom order a trailer with the unique features and capabilities you require for brands you can trust. Our experienced service team is the reason we're also the best place to have your trailer customized or repaired. Count on Base Flug Trailers of Dickinson to keep you hauling. Welcome back, y'all. It's Trent on the loose, Ross Butcher. Not an easy guy to track down, but once you get him, it's really worth it. You got a lot to live up to now, Ross. How you been? <laughs> Pretty good. How about you, Trent? Uh, just two steps ahead of, ahead of insanity, trying not to stumble. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> so I'm going to go back to... Two years ago, we had a little entourage that came to Fergus County, Montana. Uh, land grab issues are nothing new to Montana. And I think at many levels, it motivated you to get into an elected position as a county commissioner. How would you summarize the status of land grabs prior to 2021 when we started talking about 30 by 30 and where we're at today from a county commissioner standpoint? Well, you know, I, I would say that uh, this current administration has ramped it up in a big way. Uh, we're just seeing uh, multiple uh, different, you know, attempts at um, identifying and, and labeling, you know, new new areas that the federal government's trying to jump in on. And uh, and it's at a, at a huge pace. We you issued. I almost said we, like I had some role in it. You issued a, a resolution against 30 by 30. How would you, looking back on that, has it made a difference? Has it made an impact? Well, I would say a lot of it's just awareness, you know, mm -hmm. and trying to bring bring along the constituents that, you know, here in Fergus County, uh, we're a pretty conservative bunch. A lot of people pay attention to what's going on best they can. Um, you know, uh, a lot of this initiative started with our group called Save the Cowboy, Stop the American Prairie Reserve, um, and they're still going strong. Uh, within that initiative, um, I I founded um, uh, a group called the uh, Montana, Montana Natural Resource uh, Commission, and uh, we, uh, you know, we are, you know, within local government working on um, addressing, you know, some of the land grab issues, the point of, you know, the, the counties are, are the frontline defense on most of these things that are going on and really trying to develop, you know, that communication between everybody, um, you know, within, within local government, um, you know, so that they can stand up and really represent their people is huge. And, uh, and we're coming on strong, you know, we're, we're uh, right now our comments are 
are deeply involved in some of the issues with the American Prairie Reserve. Uh, uh, you know, the BLM is trying to issue permits that really aren't under their purview to permit. And uh, we were integral in, in putting into the record comments that are being utilized right now um, in lawsuits trying to stop kind of the land grab of public land. And it, and it appears from a guy who lives in Nebraska, keeping track of uh, land grab issues that you have. And I realize I'm putting you in a position where you can't answer this much of any other way, Ross, but it appears attorney general Knudsen is, um, is listening and seems to be separating himself from all attorney generals in the nation and saying, no, no, you're not going to intrude upon the federal, the, the this federal government's not going to intrude upon what's going on at the local level, particularly from grazing rights. Yeah. Um, you know, we have, we have a hell of a good, uh, state attorney general, uh, Austin is, he's on point. He understands it. He's very bright. Um, and uh, definitely understands this issue and is engaging, um, as you'd like to see all AGs do. Um, and so, you know, I, I feel very, very fortunate that we have somebody at that level that's that's engaged and and part of trying to maintain state sovereignty. You know, that's that's really an issue. Is um, you know the overall. I mean, you spend a lot of time talking about how these international issues uh, impact the local. Because it's not it's not just Fergus County that's being attacked. It's not just Montana. Um, you know, it's it's all over the world. It's happening, but we see it in our neighborhoods. And and Austin gets that, and he says, you know, lo- uh, lo- local state sovereignty is is important. We're going to stand up for it. We're not going to we're not going to back down. Um, and we're in the battle. So, uh, yeah, he's he's uh, he's definitely a good patriot, and he's he's putting the the elbow grease in, and um, we're very we're very happy with him. I don't have enough details to have a good discussion about this, but I was humored that not only the federal government, but this past week, he went after the attorney general's office of North Dakota saying, you're trying to take advantage of Montana and we're not going to let it happen. I just love the approach. Yeah. You know, he, he really is, he's fearless um, and he's very bright and uh, you know, he's just, he's one of those guys that you feel really fortunate to know that he's there as a gatekeeper, keeping an eye on things for us. So, Ross, every day I get in this discussion that you brought up, so I want to take it a step farther about, you know, the the World Economic Forum, the United Nations, even this completely lost federal government that we have. And the answer to me is always what you are 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 hanging your hat on, and that is the control at the local level and what the county commissioners, what the county sheriff, and at many levels from a spending standpoint, the, the county school boards what they can step up and and um, acquire as the rights that were theirs granted to us as through the Constitution to begin with. So all of that is background to, as you now have been involved for several years. You know, I absolutely think that that is the point. I mean, most people come out and say, well, what can I do? Right. That That's the question. I'm right. uh, you're an individual out there. What can I do? And I sit in a position where I look at it and say, well, I know something I can do in my county. And, and especially when I, when I reach out and, and develop those relationships amongst my fellow counties and we step up together and say, no, you're going to, you, you want to come into our, our jurisdiction and tell us what we're going to do without our input. 
sorry, it's not going to happen. And, and it's really about states stepping up and it's about local governments uh, asserting their position in, in decisions that are made. Um, and, you know, I have to tell you, I, you know, constantly I get people that say, oh, you need to run for, you know, this office or that office, you know, farther up the chain. And I'm always like, no, I, I, <laughs> I feel like it's on the ground. That's where it needs to be. We need to fight this battle on the ground and unify. And you find that most, I find in Montana, most county commissioners um, get it. I mean, it's uh, right now we're having a bit of a kerfluffle with the governor over some taxation issues. And, um, you know, the pretty much all the counties have joined in and said, no, we're not going to mill this amount because it's not appropriate under a constitution. And, uh, and we have, we have a pretty good governor. I mean, I, you know, I don't like to fight with the guy that I, I really do respect in many ways. He's done a lot of good stuff. Um, but that's the process, you know, you go through it and, uh, but I believe local governments where it's at. So I enjoy being engaged in that. And, and uh, I've spent some time now at the national level with a lot of great patriots that are, uh, you know, engaged in public land issues with the National Association of Counties. And, you know, sometimes you feel a little outnumbered there, but uh, we definitely get our voice heard. I had uh, this conversation with two other county commissioners, Hank Vogler in White Pine County, Nevada, and Steve Kankel joined me on this program a couple of weeks ago from Shelby County, Iowa, and he's in his 11th year as a county commissioner. And we had this exact discussion because so many people put pressure on him who's been a successful county commissioner. Well, you need to run for the state house. You need to think about running for the federal. No, it's absolutely inverse of what it should be. You should be focused on what's happening in the county level, and I'm, I'm applauding you for continuing to take a stand there to recognize where the true power is and where you can hold the people's voice the loudest. And, and that has completely been messed up in our, our hierarchy of elected officials. Yeah, you know, it's very interesting to me um, in, in working with county commissioners that were former state legislators, um, really bright, hardworking guys, and uh, there's just a, there's a, there's a, it takes a little bit for the mentality to shift and look at it from a local government stand. Um, and uh, I, I think I think you should have been a county commissioner before you're in the state house or, or go off to D.C. Um, it, you'd have a lot better legislation if that was the case. Um, but I also feel like, uh, you know, our system of government was really meant for the people to have the power. And we're the first we're the first rung on that. I feel like we're the closest to the people. Um, I got to go to the coffee shop every day and explain why I didn't get the, this road fixed or, you know, take care of the, whatever specific issue somebody has. And they're my neighbor. And, you know, you're held accountable personally every day when you walk downtown. Um, but man, you, you, you're sold out for, for your community. And, and that's what we need is people that are looking out for their community and their people around them not looking at the next leg, not looking at the, you know, the big, I mean, federally, it seems to be a big payoff. You know, those guys go up there with the, no money in the bank account and magically 10 years down the road, they're multimillionaires. It's kind of weird how that happens. It's really strange how that happens. It's like finding Easter eggs. Well, who is the Easter <laughs> bunny is the real question. Ross Butcher, my guest, Fergus County Commissioner and Chair of the Montana Association of Counties. We'll be back with more Trent on the loose after this. Thank you. 
Welcome to our energy future, where safety and progress work hand in hand. Carbon capture and storage has been safely used for 30 years. The technology has been further refined by UND's Energy and Environmental Research Center and is being applied by the state's coal industry. Advanced safety protocols ensure carbon capture and storage from the state's power plants is worry-free and safeguards communities and the environment. Safety isn't just a word to us. It's a promise to you and the generations to come. Learn more at coalandcapture.com. I've spent the last quarter century of my life trying to connect food producers to food consumers, and there's a place that just does it naturally. The history and the tradition, more importantly, the culture of the National Western Stock Show and Rodeo in Denver, Colorado each year creates that opportunity. The culture is on display, and the nation's resource providers in Denver, Colorado, January 2024. Keep track of the details and schedule at nationalwestern.com. Hello and welcome to the MHA Interpretive Center. It's the perfect stop along the Lewis and Clark Trail and the cultural hub of the Mandan, Hidaadza, and Arikara Nation. Nestled along the shores of Lake Sagagawea in Newtown, North Dakota, one mile west of the Four Bears Casino. You can enjoy amphitheater performances, art exhibitions, and educational workshops utilizing our Living Cultural Center. Enjoy some coffee, browse our gift shop, and learn about the original people of this land. Learn more at mhanation.com slash interpretive center. Stop out to our facility, Highway 22 South, let us build a truck for you. Welcome back to Loose alongside Ross Butcher. I haven't seen Ross since April of a year ago when he came to Lincoln, Nebraska. I need to get back to Fergus County. It's been too long. Yeah, yeah, we have a lot going on. Geez, I, uh, yeah, we, we have... Uh, uh, a company. Uh, there's been an initiative in in from our governor to invite um, business to Montana, and uh, so we've been meeting with a a German company that makes some really high tech stuff, and uh, that's been entertaining. I've been it's been very busy, but hmm. Fergus County's cranking. So I have some other things I wanted to get to, including a meeting I believe is coming up in Circle, Montana, November 12th. My informant tells me you might be writing some talking points for that. But I've got some folks in the Dillon area that tell me there's some nefarious things taking place, as I understand it, that uh, individuals have written conservation easements through the years, totaling just short of 6 million acres. And there are public hearings today and tomorrow in the area of the headwaters of the Missouri River that they're going to tell them they can't grow any more food on that land. What, what's the skinny on this, Ross? Well, you know, it's one of those, it's a little hard to give a definitive answer because I don't think anybody exactly knows, but certainly uh, there's lots and lots of money being thrown at uh, conservation easements. Um, you know, it, it, it really does appear that, um, you know, there's a, there's a move to take control of, of, the private land within the public because this area is primarily public land uh you know probably mostly forest service and, and some blm uh and you know they do it by starving farmers and ranchers that you know they offer them the conservation easement dollars 
and uh, you know it really does appear that the intent is uh, to you know put this into the the you know new natural resource you know trading portfolio in in the stock market and um, there's just a lot of there's a lot of interesting things going on and this area definitely is targeted um, you know they're tying it to a um, a uh, wildlife refuge but the wildlife refuge is minute I mean it's uh, almost six million acres I think that they're encircling in this this mm-hmm. plan um, and then you know paying out conservation easements on I don't know. There's just a few hundred thousand acres of private that they're they're going after. It looks like, but it's all tied together. It reminds me of my friend in Brown County, South Dakota, and I, I'm sure you haven't been following the CO2 pipeline debacle, or we should call it a boondoggle, very closely. But it's occupied my life every day for the last three years, to be honest, Ross. And Jared Bosley had been served papers for eminent domain for this pipeline. And that those have now been released, so to speak. We'll see what happens with that. But the point I wanted to get to is that they were on his place. No pipeline has been permitted. I just want to remind everybody, not one permit has been granted in the six-state region we're talking about with Summit Carbon Solutions. The pipeline, Ross, is going to be four feet deep. They came on his place surveying and did a borehole 90 feet deep. And I think of it because you're like, what exactly are you looking for? Because clearly it's not tied to the pipeline. These minerals that are that are under our earth have so much more value than we know. And there's like people know where they're at and they're trying to figure out how to weasel, weasel them away from the landowners. I, I think that's a I think that's exactly on par. I mean, that, um, you know, the the. The conservationists that have been convinced that somehow they're saving the world are missing the fact that uh, that there's an interest underground, and uh, you know those that have a power will get after it. And you know at this point, when you've got um, you know these huge you know uh, investors, you know like BlackRock that that own I don't know what you know the quarter of the entire uh, portfolio at the stock market or something, a right. huge amount. Uh, and, and, and now they're trading in the minerals underground within the realm of supposedly conservation easements. I, it, the whole thing is, is nefarious in my view. Well, let's come back to that because you were talking about how s- counties can remain sovereign and not cave to state or federal pressure and it's it's like we made prostitution illegal in the nation, and yet that's exactly what the federal government does. They threaten to hold money from you if you don't do it their way for their their goods and services. And so many people have lost so much because they take a payment, whether it be at the farm or the landowner position, the county, state, or the federal. We we continue to cave to big dollars. Yeah, and I you know, and and you, you understand when people are hungry, they they'll go for it. But, uh, you know, it's always a mistake. Um, and I think that's what we're fighting for is to say, you know, number one, an awareness, of those that are in that position that you, you're, you're going to hurt yourself, you're going to hurt your posterity, you know, you're trying to hang on to it for your family. But the reality is, as soon as you sell out a, a conservation easement on your property, you've just sold your family out down the road. And the question is, who is it to you as the current 
landowner, you know, the person that's sitting on it to tie it up for the next hundred years or yeah. indefinitely. Or in perpetuity. And yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it, it seems like that's very short-sighted. That's something that needs to be addressed. Um, you know, conservation easements, I don't think they should be more than 25 years, but mm. if you're going to allow it, right, within your lifetime. I don't think lifetime, they ought to be more than two days, but that's a different topic. Uh, <laughs> well, I... I want to I want you to have the opportunity for a two minute plug for Montana Association of County. Uh, I think you said that you're the currently the state chair. What, what's the role of the association? Um, you know, uh, the, the state associations generally deal in in uh, um, you know working at the state house, working with your legislators. Um, you know, looking out for the 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 view of. Um, local government at the state house. Uh, it also provides a, a framework for, for counties to go to for information. You know, county commissioners turn over fairly mm -hmm. often. You know, it's some of some of us start fairly young, and and I started in my 40s, which is really young for county commissioners. Right. Um, a lot of times it's their last gig, and they do their six years and they're out. Um, but the the Montana Association of Counties is a way of of combining together and standing up together with some authority when dealing with the state and the feds. And uh, so I think your state associations are important. It just depends. They're all they're all developed a little different. Montana's one where um, you see a lot of the rural counties really have a big voice in our association. That's not always the case across the nation. Well, I'm sure you have an annual meeting coming up. You need to get me the dates for that because I know that would be a good one for me to attend. Particularly since Absolutely. I know the chairman, I might get a perk or two. <laughs> Maybe even an invitation yeah, speak. Ross Butcher, it's always a pleasure. It's been too long. I'm going to get to Fergus County and see you and all my compadres. I missed a, a big horse ride at the, in the breaks last week, but hey, you got to be at the right place at the right time. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. God bless the veterans and the farmers who feed us. Have a great weekend.